Good afternoon, hockey fans. Welcome to this week's episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, the lead correspondent here at these parts of the AHL Report. And of course, I'm joined every week by my fabulous co-host, the one and only editor-in-chief of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you today? I'm doing well. We're uh, in the third week of July already and powering on through the summer um, with, uh, <laughs> with the news, with, with changes, with uh, excitement starting to build for the, uh, for the fall and training camps within, within sight. Quiet now. If you say it out loud, the summer goes by faster. But don't you dare wear your jersey to a game. My goodness, all the the discussion this last little while about who can wear a jersey and who can't wear a jersey and and when in what circumstances, I don't it's it's beyond me. It's I I guess we're to the, I, finally to the point where that's all that Twitter has to talk about is who's eligible to wear a jersey and who's not. Well, I, apparently Twitter exists for people to solely in this universe today for people to tell other people what they can and can't do. And <laughs> well, so, right. yeah, there yeah. was there was I mean, it's just what they can and can't do, what they can and can't think what they can and can't say. I mean, I guess Twitter is just the life police now. I, I, I didn't realize that when I signed up for this on this stupid website of twitter.com 10 years ago, that it was going to be the bot that ruled my life for the rest of my life. But apparently that's what it's become. And, and yeah, you, I, I think you would mention that there was, there was an article in the athletic or something about, you know, not wearing jerseys. If you're, of supporting particular people. Then there's some chick on Twitter that decided this week that if you're under the age, if you're over the age of 30 that, and you're seen at any sporting event wearing a Jersey, that you're just a disgrace to all mankind, um, which she can seriously just shut, have a, have a million seats and go report on something that actually matters. She covers the Patriots. So maybe that says, it says, well, everything. they suck. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, I'm sure she was all conflicted this week on, do I report on the fact that I think that if you're over 30, you shouldn't be, uh, you should not appear at any sporting event wearing a jersey or you're just absolute trash? Or should I report on the fact that I think that Tom Brady shouldn't jump off a cliff with his daughter if she feels like it? <laughs> like, that, that, those are the hot takes out of the New England Patriots uh, journalism quadrant this week. You don't want me to get start. No one wants no. me to 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 like have a podcast where I like sound off about pop culture and current events because yeah, you wouldn't want that. You wouldn't. Maybe but you, you would want that. I you don't mentioned, know. <laughs> you mentioned Twitter ten years ago, and my goodness, in such a relatively short time, how it has changed into the sewer hole it is now. Um, dumpster fire. Yeah. Twitter was such a pleasant place a decade ago when there were only about, I don't know, 3,000 of us on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
and people had civil conversations and genuinely liked each other and you know everything was butterflies and rainbows and became a giant cesspool but hey so just get off to, if if right now if you're listening to us within the sound of our voice get off twitter mm-hmm. Grab a tequila on National <laughs> Tequila Day and listen to the rest of this podcast. Yes. Woohoo! And when you're on Twitter, of course, we love Twitter when it's solely about getting to interact with our fans and listeners and followers. So that's the kind of Twitter, oh, that's good you know, Twitter. Yeah. content yeah. that, yeah, that we're here for. So be sure to hit us up on Twitter at the AHL Report. And as Rick said, uh, Rick, you, did you just say tequila? Is there something National about tequila going tequila. on today? day mm. Mm, 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 mm. well I think I'm gonna have a date with Jose Cuervo a little later should be fun um, it's also a national in, uh, thermal engineer day so you can either have a, um, a date with a thermal engineer if you know one or a tequila bottle uh, your choice I'll have to ask my husband if he's a thermal engineer on the side. I'm sure I'm going to get quite the odd look when I ask him. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we have thermal engineers listening to us that'll tweet us and tell us all about it. In a nice way. They will. On Twitter. Absolutely. Um, we do have a, a packed show today for you. Um, we are going to uh, talk a little bit about what the Canadians were not that busy doing uh, the last week, but they did manage to, to complete a signing. So we'll talk about that as well as uh, some information that's come out um, in the, from the Flyers camp uh, regarding all of the new coaches uh, and kind of some strategies and goals that they're bringing to the Philadelphia Flyers behind from behind the bench this season uh, and what fans can expect to see as far as how they're going to change the product on the ice. Some interesting things uh, that, that we have, have heard, um, as well as uh, a new, uh, possibly new life for Michael Neuberth as he moves on from the Flyers organization. Uh, and then after our break, we're going to kind of condense things into one segment there's been a couple of of player signings around the ahl that we want to talk about but we really want to go beyond the ahl we're going to talk about uh, some head coaching news in the echl and then we're going to dive into our world junior summer showcase preview because uh as as happens every year around this time um usa hockey will be hosting the world junior summer showcase with team usa Team Canada, uh, Team Sweden, and Team Finland, and then that begins later this week. And uh, so we're going to tell you and talk a little bit about uh, prospects that we'll be watching for you, prospects that we'll be reporting on, um, other notable players uh, that you'll want to be keeping an eye on, as well as what kind of coverage you can expect from the Rocket Sports Media team. Uh, so lots to talk about today, there, Rick. So I guess I should wait until after we're done on the tequila, before yeah. I pour any tequila. Yeah, yeah, just hold that. Yeah. Hold that. Let it breathe. All right. Let it, <laughs> that's what I'll do. I'll, <laughs> let, it, I'll let it breathe. <laughs> well, um, we can 
quickly start with what the Canadians have been up to for the last week because it ain't been much. Uh, but they did much to maybe some surprise of of fans um, and maybe even some some journalists as well. Charles Sudan uh, was signed for another year uh, on a one way deal. Um, you know, there was a lot of speculation, Rick, we had talked about this in the past, you know, is Houdon's number up in Montreal? And it certainly seemed that way last year. He spent a lot of time in the press box. Um, reports out of his camp were, were that, you know, he, he was looking to, to maybe be traded. Um, it was surprising when they qualified him. Um, but some, some people said, oh, maybe they'll just trade him, but no new contract and from the sounds of it he's like okay all that's water under the bridge if i get to training camp i just want to i want to make an impact and and i have (laughs) i think he said something like uh i have no problem coming up with motivation to come in strong to training camp so he sounds like he's got an axe to grind well the the usual um we've we've interacted with Charles Houdon a number of times and and the usual kind of up, upbeat laid back um you know a, a pretty positive guy wasn't so positive as as he sat in the press mm-hmm. box for the better part of the last third of of uh, the Montreal Canadiens season uh last year and yes there there was um news that um his agent had asked uh for a trade um, Houdon didn't deny that um, um, when uh, when he spoke about this new contract. It's you know the the qualifying offer was seven hundred thousand dollars, so this this gives him a, a slight boost on that to eight hundred thousand. Um, he mm-hmm. they avoid the arbitration hearing and and he signed and and you can look at it a number of ways I suppose uh, that he adds to that depth pool. Um, it could be that um, they're assuming he's going to pass through waivers and, and be a help to the offense that was lacking. Uh, and, and we've seen that he can produce at the AHL level um, uh, and uh, mm-hmm. offensive help for the rocket. Uh, maybe that's the, the, uh, the thinking. Uh, maybe it's just that um, not wanting to give him up for, uh, um, you know, for nothing and that, that uh, he's, uh, they see him still as a trade asset, or maybe you know Michelle Bergeron. The last few weeks has been making a lot of noise uh, about um, the Canadians not signing uh, francophones in free agency, and and maybe this was partly to pacify those voices. Um, <laughs> who knows? But uh, Houdon seems to to have a um, uh, a good attitude. You know the Canadians. This is someone they know to add to the depth pool, although uh, Charles Houdon, from what he said, he wants to erase that opinion, that Charles Houdon opinion in the minds of Bergevin and and, uh, Julien. He wants uh, them to see him in a different light and uh, uh, is committed to going into training camp in the fall and and proving that he uh, should stay. Or maybe they'll do what they seem to be really good at doing is cut him and then they lose him on waivers and they lose him for nothing. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know that he'll get picked up on waivers if he goes to Laval, but uh, more that that just seems to be over the last year, that's been uh, kind of a common thread. 
but we wish uh, we wish Charles Sudan uh, all the best. Hope hope he has a successful training camp, and uh, you know, wherever he's going to play hockey this season, I hope he has a good season. For sure, he's a good guy. He's always been uh, easy to uh, and accommodating and, and generous with his time. So um, I wish him very well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, moving over to the Philadelphia Flyers organization, as everyone knows, they've been quite busy. Chuck Fletcher's been been quite busy this offseason, uh, making headlines and all sorts of things. And, of course, among that is the new coaching staff for the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, you've got uh, Alain Vigneault coming in as the new head coach. Um, Ian LaPerriere remains. He's just kind of moved to a, a bit of a different role with the team. And so instead, uh, Vigneault's assistant coaches will be uh, very familiar to Habs fans, Michelle Tarian and Mike Yo. Um, and I just quickly want to, you know, fans and those social media armchair GMs and so forth do a lot of talking all during the season, off season, so forth, you know, things that they think are going to make the on ice product better things that they don't agree with coaches or GMs doing um, all those kinds of things, plenty of speculation. And there's also always plenty of speculation about, okay, well, what is a coach going to do differently this year to improve what was on the ice last year? Um, We don't always get, depending on what team you're covering, you don't always get a clear picture of that um, depending on what kind of communication style uh, the coaching staff has with the media and so forth. I'm already, we've talked Rick in the past about how um, the one thing it's nothing. And there's plenty of other positive qualities, but the one thing that we really uh, have enjoyed about working with Scott Gordon, who is the head coach of the Lehigh Valley Phantoms um, served as the interim head coach for a little while last year for the Philadelphia Flyers and helped them turn their season around. Um, But the one thing that we've always really appreciated about him is, is his communication with the media. He's very open uh, to questions. He likes intelligent questions. He likes uh, hockey minded questions and he likes to explain his system. He, he's very good at analyzing his team. He's very good at analyzing players and he's not afraid to talk about those things. And it looks like the Flyers are going to get more of that with the three new coaches that they've brought in. Uh, our friend and colleague, uh, Bill Meltzer, who we uh, were happy to welcome onto the show last week uh, for an exclusive interview. If you missed that, please be sure to go back in the podcast archive and, and listen to last week's show. Uh, Habs fans and Flyers fans, there's information in there for both of you. Um, so you'll want to be sure to listen to that. But Bill recently sat down with all three of the new coaches individually um, and has put out a series of of three feature-length articles talking about both the experience that each of these coaches has and in depth about what each of these coaches plans to bring to the table this fall to help the, to help the flyers improve. Um, And I, I, I strongly recommend that you go read the three articles in length there's just a few things that, that he was able to get from these coaches, Rick, that I, that I think are, are interesting to talk about. Um, we'll start with Mike Yo. 
apparently very excited to come to the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, he says that he's idol quoting him here. I've idolized the brand of hockey they've played over the years. It's an organization with a lot of pride and one of the best traditions around the league. So he was very excited uh, to come to the Flyers and he's going to be coaching uh, the penalty kill and, and the defenseman. Now the penalty kill for the Flyers was absolutely terrible last year um for the first quarter of the season it was below 70 percent which is just not even nowhere near respectable scott gordon and kind of teamed up with ian laperriere and they and got it above above 80 percent most of the rest of the way of the season but on average um 78.5 percent was the final total for the p last year uh ranking 26 overall um and Rick, Mike Yo goes in to talk about how PK, you know, he's really looking for guys to um, have a philosophy of pride and and talking about personnel in front of the net that really takes pride in blocking shots, taking away time and space that, uh, you know, in your own zone, you can't be reckless with the puck um, because guys in this league are, it's a skill game these days. Uh, and so when you play a skill game, you can't be reckless with the puck in your own zone. You've Even if your guys are in the right spots, you have to protect that puck and maintain good puck possession to get it to your guys and, 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 not, and not risk a turnover uh, in your own zone. Um, he certainly talked about like possession you, being, being key um, on – on the penalty kill, I also talked about um, being able to disrupt um, uh, the the opposition power play up the ice, and and not uh, one of the things mm-hmm. that that the Flyers uh, had difficulty with last season was uh, allowing um, very clean zone entries, and he, he talked about that that um, you just can't allow a um, uh, an easy path into your zone, um, and and that was part of the the difficulty last season, with respect to the the Flyers' power a penalty kill. On the defensive side of things, Chuck Fletcher is on record as saying number one priority this year for the Flyers because it, it was abysmal last year is lowering the team's goals against average uh, significantly. Um, Meltzer reports, you know the. Of course, part of that focus for for Chuck Fletcher was getting deep down the middle. Um, Kevin Hayes helps there, um, and then and then kind of broadening the depth on the blue line. Matt Niskin and Justin Braun. Here's the interesting thing that that I found in this particular set of articles. The one thing that that Alain Vigneault and, and Mike Yo and Chuck Fletcher seem to be really excited about is that now with Niskan and Braun both being shooters, so is Philippe Myers, who really stands a good chance of competing for, for a roster spot this year. And if if they have the three of them, Vigneault could have and, and Mike Yo stand to have the opportunity to have three left-handed defensemen and three right-handed defensemen all playing on their natural side. Um, And Rick, you and I have talked about this a little bit about whether or not, you know, some coaches enjoy that philosophy. Others don't 
the Flyers seem to be really pleased and focused on that being a priority is having three defense pairs of guys that can all play on the natural side. And I think that's going to be helpful. I I think there's a recognition um, and certainly uh, a a movement across the league in that direction of having defensemen play on their, uh, their natural side. And, and um, you know, you you hear many fans say, well, well, you know, what's the difference? What's the big deal? Well, there's, there is a big difference uh, in, in, um, in, puck retrievals in the disruption that we were talking about uh, being able to make passes on your strong side, the way you turn from the boards as you grab the puck. And it's something that, that, um, you know, Mike, Mike Babcock has, uh, he's kind of wed to that concept of defensemen playing on their natural side. And we saw even in the, in the Olympics and, and the team was chosen with, with that regard. And, and, and Babcock received some uh, criticism uh, about that, that he wasn't taking the best lineup, but but uh, uh, was making sure that that they were they were balanced with respect to left and right um, sh- handed shooters, and and um, it's the direction the 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 league seems to be moving in that direction, and and uh, with the recognition that it it makes things a whole lot easier, and 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 uh, there are there are uh, defensemen who can play almost equally well, uh, no matter the side. Uh, but, but, uh, certainly, um, and, and it seems to be younger defensemen that are, um, um, kind of, they've, they've played one side in their career and it, 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 uh, throws them off if they have to, uh, flip to the opposite side. Now, Michelle Terrian, of course, is going to be charged with uh, leading the power play, um, which also was lagging uh, last year. Um, he does, uh, Bill, in Bill Meltzer's interview with him, uh, Terrian does allude to the fact that likely he will, he will stick to a, a, a single defenseman and four forwards on, on both of the power play units. He talks about how Gostas Bear has kind of been the mainstay as the defenseman on the first uh, power play unit, but that he would like to have an equally talented D-man on the second unit, uh, throwing out names like possibly Proverov or Sanheim, maybe Niskanen. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how all of that shakes out. One thing happens fans will be will, will recognize this as as I know you kind of chuckled Rick um Tarion's tune has not changed he says the key to success for the Flyers of course is for players to stay on system on both sides of the puck play consistently and play the right way <laughs> well even uh, even before um, I I read the the piece I I sent you a message and said did he say that that his players must play the right way? And you, <laughs> That's you right. confirmed exactly. Oh, I mean, did I, yeah, it's, it's one of his favorite lines. <laughs> um, so we'll see how how Michelle Terrian is able to um, to to shape things up with the with the power play there. Um, that leaves that leaves Alain Vigneault, head coach, um, coming in. He says. To Bill Meltzer, look, I'm here to win a Stanley Cup. I'm not here for a rebuild. So it's sounding like, you know, the the, the echoing mantra is the Flyers brass want to win now, and they're going to do everything that they can to do that. Um, 
some just highlights that I pulled uh, from this information uh, out of the article. Uh, Alain Vigneault prefers to coach by consensus with, with his other coaches. Um, and so he says that he likes dissenting opinions and likes to kind of hash things out in consensus. Um, he's very high on Philippe Myers. Keep in mind, he's, he got to see Philippe Myers firsthand um, at the IIHF World Championship in Slovakia. Philippe Myers came over. Um, there were a bunch of injuries for Team Canada. Um, and so uh, Vigneault got to see him then and, and has plenty of positive things to say about him here in this article. Um, sees, um, sees Kevin Hayes as being a, a big mentor for Nolan Patrick and, and kind of helping to guide Nolan Patrick. And hopefully this will be a, a, a key breakout year for, for Nolan Patrick. Um, and basically has, has, is just putting out a lot of words like uh, playing fast, quick puck movement, quick decision-making um, and, and wants to make sure that there are controlled offensive zone entries as opposed to the traditional dump and chase. Um, so some, some good things you're hearing from Alain Vigneault. It sounds like he's got a, a good plan. Of course, you know, this is all ahead of their August uh, meetings where they'll kind of really sit down and hash out what everyone's goals are and, and, and what everyone's going to focus on. But, um, overall, I, I really like that kind of transparency. Uh, kudos to Bill Meltzer on, on three great articles that give, uh, that give folks a lot of information about what to expect behind the bench, but it seems like there's going to be a lot of transparency from the coaching staff. Well, and as you said, it kind of continues, um, you know, what we experienced with Scott Gordon and, um, and, and not that it's, it's all about the coach communicating um, a particular message or being able to break things down. Although that's more, as a journalist, that's much appreciated, but you know that if he's breaking uh, things down that clearly and, and uh, uh, concisely to the media, he's also able to do that with his players and, um, and that's a, that's a sign of a good coach. And, and, um, you know, we're seeing that and Alain Vigneault came from, he's, he's, uh, 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 has been a good communicator and came from the Rangers. Remember the Rangers, uh, put out that letter. It was very transparent and there was even some, uh, discussion about it. The letter to fans about, um, you know, failings mm-hmm. and what they were planning to do and, there's discussion about that in the, the Canadians fan base that the, the Canadians, that wouldn't be anything they would ever do. So he's, he's, he has no. that style as a coach. He's come from that organization. It seems like it's going to continue uh, with the flyers. Uh, Tarion might have a little bit of difficulty with that first, because uh, you know, he's used to being a head coach, not an assistant and uh, communication isn't his thing. We remember in, in yeah. Montreal, Tarion had uh, Gerard Gallant as the intermediary uh, between himself and the players. And, and uh, so we'll see how that all works out. You have three, um, three very experienced head coaches uh, that come together and, and all that experience um, could work wonders for the Flyers. If it starts to, um, uh, you know, run off the rails, it could turn out very bad with three dominant kind of uh, head coach personalities there, but so far so good. Absolutely. 
And uh, if you if you would like to read those articles in further depth, I highly recommend it. Uh, go find uh, Bill at Bill Meltzer on Twitter, um, or just head over to the Flyers uh, NHL website. Uh, since he is the contributing writer for the Flyers, you'll see you'll see all three of those articles on the Flyers website. Um, and they're, they're very eye-opening, very well-researched, uh, very well-written. So uh, kudos there and some great information. Um, speaking of the Flyers, former Flyers goaltender Michael Neuvert, uh, Rick, had just uh, signed a new PTO. I think he's, uh, I think he's in Europe uh, doing his summer training, but it looks like he's going to get another crack at an NHL team this fall. Uh, Garrett Sparks headed to to Vegas, and uh, that experiment ends um, just a year after uh, (laughs) Garrett Sparks was uh, goalie of the year in the AHL and uh, didn't work out for him last season with the Leafs. The Leafs move on from Garrett Sparks. Next guy up is is Neuverth, who, um, talking talking about transparency, there's uh, someone that Mm. will be quite transparent in an interview. He, one of the most, um, you know, uh, enjoyable interviews. Uh, he, he's he's uh, he's a he's a fun guy, and and uh, let's hope that uh, you know he he had uh, injury problems in in Philly. Let's hope that that's all behind him, and uh, he works out as the uh, the Leafs uh, backup uh, for the upcoming season. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, On the other side of this break, we're going to tell you just about a few familiar names uh, who you'll be seeing in some different jerseys as they've uh, around the AHL next season as uh, some player shuffling has continued. Uh, And then, of course, we're going to have a preview of the World Junior Summer Showcase for you. So don't go anywhere. We will be back right after this brief message. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. From the Press Box is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. Welcome back to From the Press Box here on the AHL Report. I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined again by my wonderful co-host, Rick Stevens. And don't forget... Uh, Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. If you've got a question, a comment about hockey, no matter what the league, no matter what the team, no matter what the player, uh, if you just want to have a conversation about our all of our favorite sports, uh, feel free to drop us a line on Twitter at the AHL Report. We would love to hear from you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and uh, yeah, there's. <laughs> As Rick said, it's the third week in July, but there's still plenty of hockey to talk about. 
and um, some signings to talk about. Now, I feel like we're in, in that section, Rick, of the summer where now all of the AHL signings are going to start happening. In fact, uh, Toronto just signed seven people today. Seven people today. <laughs> well, we heard Kyle Dubas, uh, and and we've referenced it several times a month or so ago, saying the focus would be on their 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 main players. Fringe players would come much later. I guess that much later was July 24th um, because they signed a bunch today. So yes, Kyle Dubas. Uh, staying true to his promise and uh, waited till later in the summer for his friends things. And now he's just piling them on all at once. Um, for Habs and Flyers fans, there are some uh, familiar names that are also popping up elsewhere along around the league. Uh, formerly have LA Phantoms. Chris Connor has signed with the Binghamton Devils. Uh, and for Habs fans, you might remember the name Ryan Johnston. Well, he has now signed with the Toronto Marlies. And uh, Laval Rocket uh, fans will remember Hunter Shinkarik from last year. He has signed with the Charlotte Checkers for this coming year. So uh, seeing some of uh, former players uh, spreading around the Eastern Conference. Um, a popular goaltender on the East, Sam Montembeau. Uh, the Panthers signed him for another one-year two-way contract, so he will likely be back in Springfield. Um so yeah, uh, there's and I mean there's been a slew more uh, AHL signings uh, every day. There's there seems to be quite a few popping up, but those are just some notable ones um, that we have noticed uh, with the names that are familiar to everyone. At the ECHL level, however, Rick, I it might I was it last week's show that you mentioned that there were there were two head coaching positions that were had yet to be filled. Um, That's correct. And one of them has now been filled and the other one is still empty. Is, is that, is that the lowdown? We're still waiting for uh, news out of Hartford. Um, uh, Going to have to send a message to our, our friend Jerry Canton to see what's going on there. We have uh, no, no news uh, on the head coaching position. Uh, the, the head coach to replace Keith McCambridge in uh, for the Hartford Wolfpack for um, uh, Brampton um, in the ECHL. We know that uh, Colin Chalk uh, moved up to uh, be an assistant coach with uh, Belleville and there was a vacancy there, but now that vacancy has been uh, the beast have filled that vacancy. They have, uh, man by the name of Spiros Anastas has been named to the position of head coach and director of hockey operations. Uh, he's 34. He becomes the fourth head coach in team history to repl- and replaces Colin Chalk. Um, he's had a, a bit of experience. He last season, he was the head coach and director of hockey ops for the South Carolina stingrays in the ECHL. Uh, they did make it to the Kelly cup playoffs, by the way. Um, he also spent two seasons as an assistant coach with the Detroit Wings affiliate, the Grand Rapids Griffins. And one of those years was 2013 when the um, Grand Rapids Griffins won the Calder Cup. So he has coached a Calder Cup winning team. Um, and he's also been head coach for uh, university level men's hockey. He served as a, an assistant coach and video coordinator for the university of Western Michigan under former NHL head coach, Andy Murray. So 
bringing a lot of uh, experience to the Brampton Beast and uh, wishing them the best of luck as as they graduated two of their own up to the AHL and and get some some new blood behind the bench there in Brampton. And the Beast at the same time um, announced assistant the new assistant coach. Um, and his name is Duncan Delmo. Uh, and it was, it was funny the way uh, team president uh, Kerry Kaplan um, made the announcement saying that uh, while the head coaching uh, search uh, was extensive, uh, the assistant coaching search was not. Uh, and that was that's because <laughs> Delmo was a, a, a known quantity. He had, uh, volunteered and helped out uh, both Colin Chalk and, and uh, Freddie LeMay uh, last year. Uh, so he was well known to everybody in the organization. And, and it, was, uh, it was easy to bring him on. Uh, and the pair will uh, work together to, to guide the beast um, this upcoming season. So it just leaves Hartford now. Hartford's, you know not far away from training camp. So I would imagine that they've got to be narrowing down those selections pretty quickly. Um, But we will keep our finger on the pulse of that. And we'll let you know when the final head coaching position has been filled, who will it be? Very suspenseful. Very, very suspenseful. Okay. Well, that leaves us with uh, kind of the, the the big topic for today is the world junior summer showcase Um, for, for hockey journalists, particularly the ones who cover prospects and for, for hockey fans, this is an exciting event uh, that happens in the summer. It's your first look at what the world junior teams could shape up to look like uh, five months from now. Um, And it's a way for guys to get a little bit of a summer workout. It's a way for GMs uh, and coaches to see what, what what their players are looking like the summer before they come to camp in the fall. Uh, of course, teams USA, Canada, Finland, and Sweden will be in Michigan again uh, this year. Uh, the tournament does kick off this Friday with a scrimmage between uh, – it's basically a split squad scrimmage for the U.S., USA Blue versus USA White. Um, Team USA will play split squad – Throughout the weekend, uh, through usually Monday or Tuesday, uh, and then they will cut the roster down to one single roster to then play Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, it sounds like Canada is doing something similar this year. I, I do not recall Canada playing split squad in the past, but it sounds like they are doing uh, a team red and a team white for Team Canada throughout the tournament. Uh, so that'll be a little bit different. Um, but, uh, yeah, so this, the, the split squad USA scrimmage is on Friday, and then actual team play starts on Saturday um, with, with uh, the U.S., Finland, and Sweden all playing Saturday and Sunday, and then Canada arrives next week. They'll play their first game next Tuesday, July 30th. Um, so, Rick, there's there's – Plenty of of hockey to talk about at at this level, but there's also some big names for Habs and Flyers fans uh, to be watching, particularly in Team USA, a little bit in Team Canada and and Team Sweden. But uh, each, both the Montreal Canadiens and the Philadelphia Flyers, each have four prospects playing in this tournament. 
and and it is an, an important um, the tournament. It's called a showcase, uh, World Junior Showcase, as it's a preparatory event for the World Junior Championships um, that are going to start uh, the 2020 uh, World Junior Hockey Championships that are going to start on Boxing Day uh, in the Czech Republic. Um, this this uh, will help with the uh, uh, each uh, country with uh, their selections. Um, with with uh, you mentioned uh, both the Flyers and and the Canadians have rep are represented well represented uh, at this tournament um, on Team Canada. Um, you have Alan McShane, uh, fourth round pick uh, by the Canadians in 2018. Um, uh, Cole Fon- Fonstad would have probably been there, a uh, uh, fifth-round pick uh, out of last year's draft as well, but um, is unable to uh, participate. Um, and uh, those all for Team Canada. For Team U.S., um, you have Jordan Harris, uh, third-round pick from from last season, uh, last season's draft, uh, plays at Northeastern. Uh, Cole Caulfield, of course, the, the number 15th, 15 pick overall. Um, some question of whether Jaden Struble may or may not have been there, uh, although he uh, uh, had a, a, a suffered a, a light injury in, in uh, development camp. Um, and for Team Sweden, another 2018 draft pick, a second rounder, Jacob Olofsson, um, will also be there. Um, of 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 the uh, the four teams. Uh, the Canadians have representatives on three of them and uh, the Flyers uh, as well. Yeah. The Flyers are represented, are represented on team USA and team Sweden this year. Uh, Adam Ginning, uh, 2018 draft pick will, will be playing for team Sweden yet again. And on team USA, you've got the likes of Cam York, this year's 14th overall draft pick, uh, Bobby Brink, who was selected 34th overall in the second round, and Joel Farabee, who was 14th overall last year in 2018 and is one uh, of two players who are projected to to really compete for a spot at camp, he and Morgan Frost. Um, so Flyers fans certainly have a lot to, uh, to be look, on the lookout for as well. Um, and in addition to those eight players, for, for w- whether you're a Habs fan or a Flyers fan, there's just some big names in the prospect pool in hockey in general uh, that are going to be guys to watch in this tournament. On Team USA, you've got guys like Alex Turcott and Matt Baldy, both uh, big picks this year. Uh, for Team Canada, you've got guys like Jet Wu. Uh, Raphael Lavoie was a big story this year at the draft when he fell and did not get selected in the first round, as was projected. He'll be playing for Team Canada. Ryan Suzuki will be playing for Team Canada. Uh, Alex Lafreniere, uh, who is projected to go number one overall next year uh, when the draft is in Montreal. Um, I'm sure our friend Shane, uh, who came along with us uh, to the draft in Vancouver, who is a big Colorado Avalanche fan and a big Alex Newhook fan, uh, as as he got to meet all of Alex Newhook's friends at the draft, uh, he'll be watching Alex Newhook playing for, for Team Canada. Um, and for Team USA, should note we had t- Rick. We had talked about when we came back from the draft how exciting it was. It was to see uh, the guy that was picked 
in the seventh round, number 214th overall, stuck it out to the third to the last pick. He and his whole contingent and entourage were there, and he finally heard his name called. A goaltender by the name of Dustin Wolf, and and the family couldn't have been more excited. And we were so pleased to see that he stuck it out and and was rewarded for his patience. Well, he'll be playing for Team USA, so I'm going to keep an eye on that guy as well. For sure. Um, and you know, yeah, there, as you said, there's something here for fans uh, of of every team. Uh, Vili Hanola from Winnipeg, Lassie Thompson, um, the Senators. Um, all prominent names in, in um, uh, Kirby Dock uh, for, for the Blackhawks, uh, Bowen Byram from Colorado, uh, but even names that uh, were taken um, in, in the 2018 draft that you may have uh, forgotten about, whether it be Noah Dobson or, or uh, Barrett Hayton that, 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 that went quite early. And then the exciting part is, is as you said, there's, there's going to be uh, players who are 2020 draft eligible that um, uh, some fans will will see, be seeing for the very first time, and um, you know, in the top five of 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 um, next season, you mentioned Lafreniere, who is uh, so far the consensus overall number one um, ranked player uh, from Rimouski. Uh, you look at Lucas Raymond, who will be playing for Sweden, Anton Lundell from Finland, Alexander Holtz from Sweden. All of these players that should go in the top five or top ten uh, of the draft next year, you'll get a chance to see them uh, participating in this uh, World Junior Summer Showcase from Plymouth. Well, it is an exciting tournament. Uh, it lasts for a week. It goes for Friday to the following Saturday. Uh, it's exciting hockey. It's good hockey to watch. And you're in luck because you've got us, the team at Rocket Sports Media, to bring you all the coverage of this tournament. Uh, we are going to be providing game recaps and coverage of every game played in this tournament. Uh, so if you're a Habs fan, if you're a Flyers fan, if you're a fan of another team that's got prospects there, we're going to be bringing you all of that information. So be sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL report. Uh, you can follow Rick at all Habs. You can follow me at Flyers rule, uh, but be sure you're, you're hopping onto our website, ahl.report. That's where you're going to see the daily recaps. Uh, things do, uh, let me just remind you again, things do kick off this Friday with a scrimmage, uh, split squad scrimmage for the U.S. So that's when our reporting will start. Um, we'll be live tweeting the game so, and so forth. Um, now, the NHL Network will be airing uh, the last three days of the tournament. Uh, so that's July 31st, August 2nd, and August 3rd. Uh, before then, uh, you have to have uh, some paid subscriptions online to get uh, the online scream- streaming. You don't have to worry about any of that. We've got you covered here at Rocket Sports Media, and uh, we'll be bringing you all of the updates all tournament long. So you want to stay locked in with what we've got going on at the AHL Report. In addition to that, uh, Rick, where else? We've talked about where they can find us online but where can they find our other podcasts? Because we have a whole family of podcasts uh, 
for people to fill their lazy summer days with when they want to stay Indeed, off. We do. <laughs> well, the, the first stop of course is, is at uh, our, our website, the headquarters for uh, both podcasts and, and the written content. Uh, and that uh, is either at ahl.report or allhabs.net. Um, but if you're uh, looking for, say, this this podcast uh, focused on the AHL from the press box, if you're looking for the Canadians Connection, our live podcast that appears every Saturday, if you're looking for Habilis, and if you're looking for Habs Unfiltered, uh, all you have to do is search for Rocket Sports Radio. We're on all of your favorite uh, podcast apps. Uh, Rocket Sports Radio, search for that. You'll get all four podcasts. Uh, subscribe, and it's even better because uh, you'll get the, those delivered, uh, those notifications to your inbox. And, and uh, you can take us where wherever you go this summer. Uh, you can be listening to uh, one of the podcasts or all of them. We recommend all of them. But we're certainly mm-hmm. glad you're here every Tuesday with us to listen to this podcast from the Press Box. Uh, so don't forget, follow along with us at the AHL Report this Friday uh, for full coverage of the World Junior Summer Showcase uh, hosted this year uh, in Plymouth by USA Hockey. We'll have uh, some some really great updates and, and uh, recaps for you so that you don't miss a second of the action of what's going on on the ice. You get to enjoy your summer uh, and spend some time outside. We'll we'll do the covering for you. Uh, so follow along with us and then be back here again next Tuesday for uh, an update on what's going on with that tournament and all of the other news that happens uh, around the world of hockey throughout the next week right here on the AHL Report. Rick, it's time for the tequila. I think it's time. <laughs> I'll leave that to you. Uh, Have a good (laughs) evening, a good week, and uh, we'll see you back here next Tuesday. Absolutely. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you on Twitter, and we'll see you back here on Tuesday. Have a great week, folks. (laughs) 